I will set out for Gaul myself and confront our enemies. They will learn the error of their ways. But why might early Christians have called Nero the Antichrist? I will quash my deluded enemy, not with the sword. I intend to sing to them. Nero has lost his mind. You know what? If you and I could get along. Welcome back. <laughs> fuck, we could rule the world. I mean, this would be great. Uh, True. To I, the, I hold on to that. Life, life of Nero. Yes. Uh, episode 39. This is, oh, nice. uh, Ray, yeah. as we uh, uh, slowly, yeah. uh, very slowly wrap up. <laughs> yes. Yes. Our Life of Caesar series. Uh, for the time being, yes. we're going to wrap it up at the end of Nero. That's not to say we won't return. Like, if people just absolutely just throw, throw money. tons of money. Street parades. Not quarters. Uh, that shit's not build, funny. Build statues to us. Like, if the begging right. continues, yeah. we may capitulate eventually and, and do another. Yeah. What is that? My bills don't, don't fold. Jiggle, jiggle. They wiggle, wiggle. Whatever. <laughs> Send me some fucking wiggle, wiggle. And we will keep doing this. Let, let me ask you about um, Statelia real quick. So I had read that she wasn't in the public eye as much. Did you get anything further from that? Was that like her personality or they were just too busy having a fuckathon or or what? But I think she's a different animal than Papea was, the previous wife. Yeah, no, well, we don't know much about her. I think I said in the mm. last episode, um, for whatever, like, obviously, as I said again in the last episode, Tacitus is missing for right. this period. So he, he would have been the guy that we would have got most of our information uh, about her from, I assume. But as is this, these years are missing from Tacitus. We don't really know much about her. God. Um, she does appear on a couple of coins, but oh, that's about it. Good for you her. Know. So we, yeah. we, we know something about her. Right. As we mentioned um, a couple of episodes ago when we were doing the, the um, trials of, of Thrasea, etc., right. Marcellus, yes. um, the thing was a consul, had given a big speech about Nero as part of his attack on Thrasea. Remember, he was like, like Marcellus got up in the Senate, he was like, Nero is the fucking greatest thing yeah. that's ever lived. Um, he's brought peace, he's brought uh, prosperity, mm-hmm. um, he can sing, he can dance, he's a triple threat, he can act. Um, <laughs> he's finished his Thrasea- first screen crip, screenplay. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's a masterpiece. Yeah, you know, the people are fighting yeah. over it. You know, he's written a book on poetry. He can paint. Um, <laughs> With his toe. He said, and, and he said, like, if Thrasea thinks he could do it better, come, don't just don't turn up. Ex- exactly. You know, come and, come and tell us how, you know, what, we're wrong. what we should do better. Um, but the point I want to make here is he'd said that Nero brought peace to the world. Now, Suetonius says that Nero wasn't interested in expanding the empire's borders. He was a lover, not a fighter, right. a bit like a bit like you and I. Right. Not not a great leader of armies. Again, like, like you and I. <laughs> not that not that not that we couldn't be. Oh, if totally could. If I just if we had to be. I need the right uniform, and the sash. I'll be set. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the sash. That's a power play, baby. <laughs> we. <laughs> You know, oh. I, I know you would be a good Jenner because... You're a complete monster, <laughs> and I hope hell is real, and I hope you're there. Who was I talking about? Oh, my God, I'm a horrible human being. 
who in the some women, I guess, are so evil that they deserve they deserve to be strangled to death <laughs> and thrown down the stairs. Because she's a whore. And I st- anyway, I stand by that. I stand by that. Uh, <clears throat> Nero uh, thought of himself as an artist. Yeah. He wanted to be on stage, not on horseback. And no. he seems to have regarded one of his finest achievements as closing the gates of Janus. Yeah. Yeah. Johannes. Not once, but twice. First yeah. in 64. Yeah. Then in 66, he closed his Janus uh, <laughs> twice. Right. Now, nobody knows more about the closing of the anus than you, Ray. Uh, ex- for, for people that don't remember... <gasps> Uh, explain oh, again what uh, the closing of the anus is all about. Right. Normally, that's when the relationship is over. In fact, it's been over for quite some time. But when you have, oh, you're talking about wrong. Okay, now let me try that again. Okay, so the the temple of Janus, Janus, obviously is in the form uh, Romanum. It's near the Basilica Emilia. Uh, it's actually a relatively small temple with the statue of Janus, obviously the god of two faces, the god of boundaries. And beginnings. I never would have guessed that. But the point is, yes, um, and we'll go. We'll, we'll probably go into this in just a second. But basically, when Rome is at war, the doors are open. When Rome is at peace, the doors are closed. And, and I know that probably sounds silly to us, but the Romans took it very seriously. And we'll go into the background of that in just a second. But you're right. I think Nero was like, no, I want prosperity. I want peace. I want everybody to be having a good time. I'm not a military guy, so I don't think like that. And I don't want to expand the border. The borders are fine the way they are. We're, we're a pretty big empire. And so he's got this, this physical representation of closing the doors and say, there is now peace in our time. I've worked hard to bring peace in Britain. I've worked hard uh, through Corbulo to bring peace in the East. We now have peace. And that's what he wanted. He was not going to make his name or reputation on horseback like you were saying. The anus is now closed. <laughs> you were just you were just waiting to tee that one up. <laughs> That's in there. Um, yeah. Now we know he was proud of this because it appears on his coins, on right. the converse side of his coins from these years. And I'm going to talk uh, a lot about his coins in a minute, but this may have had something to do with why the Roman aristocracy didn't like him. Yes, exactly. I was about to say that. Very militaristic society, much like the USA today, always at war, love being at war. The economy runs on being at war. Yes. Yes. Well, there's money to be made. I mean, going to war costs a lot of money. At first. And Unless you win. Well, it, well yeah, but, but the spoils aren't shared equally. Right, right. This is true in Rome, and this is true like in your country today. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Who pays for the war? I do. The people. The yeah. people pay for the war. Yes. Uh, the, the funding of the Pentagon comes from the Treasury, mostly individual taxation, a little bit of corporate taxation, but mostly individual taxation. Yes. Pays for the $800 billion a year that you you spend on war. By the way, fun fact. Yes. U.S. military is the greatest corporate producer of uh, carbon emissions uh, in the world. So another reason to cut back on the military, but we won't. Mm. Please continue. And uh, the spoils, though, right. 
uh, uh, in the case of the United States, the spoils of military victory go to corporations. Yes. They go and they get the contracts. They get the contracts to fight the war. They get the contracts to rebuild after the war. They get the contracts for, you know, they get the contracts uh, for to, to supply the country that you've just conquered and put your own uh, 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 puppet government in. Right. Uh, you get ac- you, you'll then supply them with their energy resources and their telecommunications yeah. and their IT and all that kind of stuff. And you got to bribe people too. Oh, there's always bribes. Always bribes. Yeah. Got to have the bribes. Um, <laughs> In Roman times, of course, again, right. the people paid for the war, came out of the treasury, the public treasury. Yes. The, the, the people who benefited from these wars were usually the, the elite. They were the, right. the, the upper classes that were able to end up uh, skimming the spoils. And we know this is how Julius Caesar became rich. It's how Pompey yes. became rich. It's about yeah, most rich uh, Romans became rich, right. you know, in, in the Republic times, yeah. was from the spoils of war and then being made a proconsul in that area, governor of that area, and you, you skim and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, and, you know, the, these, these are good jobs still oh, yeah. under the empire. If you can get a proconsular job managing, you're the governor of right. Asia Minor, you're the governor of Africa, or you're the gig. governor of Britain or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. as long as there's money coming back and hitting the treasury, but you yeah, taking a little bit right. on the side, you got to wet your beak. Right. And, <laughs> uh, you know, that's considered okay. Yes. It's yeah. the if price of doing business. Yeah, just don't piss off the people too much. But, you know, piss them off just enough. And as long as you're you're taking care of the emperor uh, and throwing some back to the treasury, you can keep a little bit for yourself. But if you're not fighting wars, uh, you know, a lot of these opportunities for personal enrichment uh, disappear and people aren't going to be happy about that. For a lot of people, exactly right. Not only for yourself, but for your friends, for your colleagues, hell, even your your enemies in the Senate. But because you're right, the entire country... uh, Uh, in a certain way benefits. Uh, I did want to do this before you jump into this. I think you make a very good point about we can never forget that Rome is a militaristic state. It's how it expanded. That's how it it got the women, you know, the the rape of the Sabines. That's how it gets money, territories. Anyway, this is how they do things. So Nero, by contrast, is not going to be seen as this dynamic figure. I don't care how many layers of makeup you put on, you blow dry his hair, you put rings on his fingers, he's still not going to come across as a badass. But when I was looking up the uh, the uh, the Temple of Janus, I found this, uh, and, and, it, and it folds into that nicely. It says, according to Livy, the second king of Rome decided to distract the early warlike Romans from their violent ways by instilling in them awe and reverence. He promotes religion. He 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 uh, he creates certain priesthood. He's trying to imbue the Roman people with spirituality versus just kill, 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 fuck, take, kill, kill, fuck, take. I mean, he's trying to give them a sense of moral, you know, a, a moral center. Obviously, that didn't take very well. Even though they have tons of religion and they have tons of priests, they're still a warlike state. But in that background, here's Nero going. Peace is the way. Peace is the way. You've got to be thinking that's going to be rubbing some people in the elite positions the wrong way. Yeah. Just to put it like and that. Yeah. No one knows more about rubbing people the wrong way than you. But I'm um, a fast learner. I think I've proven that. 
Uh, go ahead. Here's, um, <laughs> here's basically the best, encap- the best encapsulation of uh, Roman thinking. Yeah? What I try to tell you, this country, you've got to make the money first. Then when you get the money, you get the power. Then when you get the power, then you get the woman. That's there how I live go. my life. I'm still on stage one, but I'm, yeah. ho- I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so Nero, Nero was a bit of a pussy. Like, yeah. He, he, he like prancing about in dresses yeah. with his loot. Um, yeah. He wasn't your militaristic emperor. And, you know, I, I think we, we, we know from Tacitus, you know, Tacitus is always uh, going on about uh, how uh, appalling and offensive it is that Nero likes to get on stage and perform and sing right. and play his lute. He's horrified by it. Yes. I, I think it's a good sense that the Roman elite would have been horrified by mm-hmm. it in their time. It just wasn't uh, the done thing. Yes. You know, it would be a bit like, imagine if Joe Biden, uh, it was fa- it was discovered right. that Joe Biden's favorite pastime on the weekends was dressing up in drag and uh, singing, going on stage in disguise in full full drag. Right, you don't know it's him though. And doing songs from uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Um, I love that. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. If, if 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 it came out that that's how he spent, I mean, some people would think that's fucking great. Yeah. Um, other people, not so much, would be like, that's appalling. Yes. For that's not presidential. It's not you know, manly. That's not manly. Yeah. Exactly. You're yeah. too damn old. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't convinced that you were a woman. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not convinced that Joe Biden's actually alive. I, I think it's a weekend at Bernie's <laughs> thing that's going on here. I think or Darth somebody's, Vader. <laughs> somebody's yeah. got his hand up Joe Biden's yeah, ass, and yeah. they're just moving his uh, moving his mouth. That'd explain a lot. Hmm. He's got COVID. I see today, yes, Joe Biden. So yeah, probably good as good as dead. They said, "Oh, he's you know he's got COVID. He's very uh, lethargic." And I was like, "Really? How can you tell?" <laughs> Compared uh, to what? The sixties? Anyway. Yeah. So hopefully he doesn't have the same strain that I have because clearly it puts you in a bad mood for three weeks and you just want to slap the shit out of everybody. Not an exaggeration. Please continue. So he, uh, Nero was talking about pulling the legions back from Britain, yes. trying to make peace with Parthia. And of course, uh, as we've mentioned before, uh, he had Tiridates in 66 mm-hmm. coming to Rome this is, uh, according to some of the um, ancient uh, sources, right. one of the reasons for the executions of Thrasea and Serranus, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, oh, was to look tough yeah. to Tiridates or to clean up Rome before Tiridates came. Um, wow. Now, Tiridates, just to remind people, he's the brother of the king of Parthia, mm. who made him king of Armenia. But then he was driven out by Corbulo. Yeah. And then they did sort of a peace deal where Nero said, look, if you come to Rome and bend the knee. <laughs> just come. It's a show. It's a show. Just come. come yeah. On. I'll give you what you want. Come and, come and bend the knee and I'll restore you yeah. to your kingdom or your kingdom to you. It'll be official. At- It'll be great. Yeah. yeah. And he did. He made the journey, but he made it slowly. It took nine months. He raided. it. Yeah. He went to visit family. He said, look, I'll come. Yeah. Oh, but uh, I'm not going to come in a hurry. 
Secure and take my room. time. What's the word I'm looking mm. for? Yeah, he took his time. Mm. Now I ask you, maybe right. all of the conspiracies that are going on while he's on his journey, does oh. he have some inside knowledge he's, about those? And he's like, they're going Nero's not going to survive. Well, by the time I well, get there, he's going to be dead. dead. Yeah, thirty. So I'm, I, I, I won't. I'm, I'm just going to hang out and okay. chill uh, yeah. to see what goes on there because no point going. If he's replaced, because who knows who's going to replace him exactly. and what their position. I might go there and just be walking into the jaws of a lion. Like right. if he's replaced by somebody who's like, fuck you, or you're not getting your kingdom back. <laughs> I, You know, that's right. 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 That's right. Somebody, yeah. somebody who's not as uh, peaceful exactly. as Nero exactly. takes the throne. Yeah. Maybe they're like, no, we're going to take Armenia. We're going to take yeah. Parthia. Fuck all y'all. We, we're coming. Right. So, I don't know. I think it's uh, this whole thing. Of, like, uh, see, this is what, you know, uh, inconsistencies bother me. Right. Um, you're Tiridates. Yes. Um, you you, you want to get back to being a king. You, it's good to be the king. It is. You, 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 you want to you be on the throne. You, you want to be, uh, you know, doing whatever kings uh, throwing do. Throwing out orders. Throwing out orders left and right. Hey, don't make yeah. me upset. You won't yeah. like what happens. It's good to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Declaring things like... <laughs> and pussy's half price next 15 minutes. <laughs> and you know, he's like you said, he's hearing things... Even if he doesn't have the inside track, he, like everybody else, is hearing things coming out of Rome. Oh, my God, this another person was forced to kill themselves. Oh, my God, the Senate had this person put to death. What the hell is going on in Rome? And I'm purposefully walking towards this shitstorm? I don't think so. It's going to take me a, almost a year or whatever to get there. I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. yeah. That's what I just found. Yeah, what'd you find? Missed it by that much. <laughs> Could have used that in the last episode. Yes, time machine. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, this this whole fa- like uh, I wouldn't be taking like if you said to me, look, come to Rome, bend the knee, and I'll restore your kingdom to you. I'd be I'd be like fucking on the first plane yeah. out of here, right? Yeah. Gonna, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, boom, get over there, take the knee. Thank you very much. Get back, get back to being a king. I'm king. Plus, right. Not just the fact that, you know, it's good to be the king. Right. Um, oh, here we go. It's good to be the king. That's what I was looking for. Um, I love that. His kingdom doesn't have a king. Like, that's not good. Bad things could be like, happening. Uh, bad, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conspiracies. Re- rebellion. And, you know, yeah. economy's fucked. I don't know what's going on in, in Armenia. All bad Let's shit. face it. Yes, Armenia's never been uh, the, no, the pick of the pick had, of the bunch. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's still struggling. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like yeah, you no know, leadership for nine months. You need. You're going to end up like yeah. I don't know Italy. Yeah. Um, so today <laughs> he's not wrong. Mario Draghi, I see, has just had to resign as prime minister of Italy because they can't they can't get anything done in Italy. Things anyway. Um, that's why they need an emperor, quite frankly. Exactly, I'll do it. <clears throat> so the fact that Tiridates has taken his damn sweet time to get there suggests to me, ladies right. and gentlemen, you know, Uncle Cam's corner, come in, get in close. <clears throat> you know, it, um, just, just come in, yeah, take a knee, take it. So we'll sit on my knee, that's fine. Yeah. Let's sit on my lap and let's see what comes up. Um, sit on my third knee, yeah. Just... <clears throat> 
just suggests to me that uh, something we don't know here. Something's going on. Yeah. It's been There's hinted at by the sources. Exactly. It's being hinted at. Yes. They're not telling. It's like he knew what he, he, knew. he knew. So something. I think Tiradati's. Yes, he knew things weren't good for Nero back home, and he's like, I'm not Russian because yeah. uh, you know everyone hates the Russians. But I'm uh, going to take my damn sweet time. Yeah. But after the executions happened, yeah. He was like, ah, all right. Well, I, I guess, guess he's—he's uh, he he's not going anywhere. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. I might as well—I yeah. might as well rock up. Right. So, um, he does eventually rock up. He took three thousand Parthian horsemen, as you do, with him. About the same number of Romans plus thousands of servants. God dang! So he's got like ten thousand people going with him. Right uh, now, you—you you and I right. just did a road trip yes. with our families. Yes. <laughs> Right. I mean that is exhausting. Uh, we did. We did. We went to Rome in 2018 with uh, with a dozen fans or so, and yeah, it's exhausting it managing is. a dozen people yes. on a road trip. Can you imagine? The expectations are ex- taking ten thousand people on a road trip. Yeah, like just agreeing on where to eat every night. Oh, I couldn't. Huge. I, I, I would when we were at the Grand Canyon, I'd text you every morning going, Okay, what do you want to do today? And you'd be like, Oh, I don't know, I don't know where everyone is. Let me get back to yes. you. Where do you want to do you want to meet up for breakfast or lunch? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to ask my sister in law. I don't know what's okay. going on. All right, we're doing this. We're doing I, this. I don't know what's fuck you. Now I, it's my I, turn. I, I, no, fuck you. It's uh-huh. my turn. I get uh-huh. a text from Cam going, Can't make it. Uh, wife and child are sick. I type back, Oh, not 45 seconds later. Okay, no, everybody's fine. Ready to go? And I just, I can't say anything. I just show it to Heather. I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? What the fuck would you do with this? What the fuck would anybody do with this? I can't live. That's Not what it sick. Was like. They were fighting and melting down oh, on each other. I didn't know that part. Yeah. Okay. I think that was, they were like going, <laughs> No, but to answer your question, uh, and this is true. Well, this first part's true. The second part is slightly less true. Tiradante's wife was there, I, even though you couldn't tell she was there because she had to cover her face. Women weren't allowed to show their face in public. Maybe she he put her in charge of the 10,000 uh, people. Just so, could you handle that? I got I to gotta be busy looking like a king because I'm about to be mm. one. So if you could handle that, I'll handle this, and we'll make a great mm. team. I think something like that might have happened. So it's basically like you, just let the women handle it. Pretty much. And uh, pretty much. Let yeah. me know when that yeah. doesn't work, because so far it's worked out pretty well for me. Okay? 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you, you know, don't have anything left of your masculinity, but uh, it's okay. I haven't You've seen that off. in years. I don't know I fucking idea where I put it. I probably didn't put it anywhere. It was taken. It was taken. It's yeah, in a jar yeah, next yeah, to my yeah. wife's bed. Anyway, with the testicles. Please continue because this is hurting me. As soon as uh, Tiridates and his entourage entered right. into Roman territory, Turtle. all their expenses were charged to Rome. Oh, oh that's yeah, a Turtle lot. Was, uh, Turtle, Turtle was driving all of them. Um, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Drama was creating yeah. drama. Yeah. He, just, he had to, like, he was just throwing his hands up yeah. in the air. He didn't know what was ah, going on. What am I going to do with you guys? Um, so that so there's an incentive to get to Rome quickly, like, yeah, and, and also to take a lot of people. Like you get you charging it and stay a while. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like it'd be different if, yes. if all of my vacations I could charge to the people I was going to, that'd yeah. be great. As, as soon I'd as I a... walk through the gates of Rome, just hand me your credit card, sire. Just, I'm going to bill everything to you for now. Yes, including these 10,000 people. Thank you. Now, yeah. if I... Um, yeah. If I had a paid vacation, I'd take my time as well, I guess, yes. as, yeah. you know, if it's yeah. being paid for. Now, Tiridates, uh, apparently, uh, much like us, uh, liked, liked road trips um, and was apparently young, handsome and intelligent like yeah, us. Yeah, pretty much. The, his queen, as you say, rode with him but had this headdress of gold covering her face because... Sure. Parthian women weren't allowed to show their faces to the public. Um, so that whole thing, you know, which we associate today with uh, certain kinds of fundamentalist Islam, mm-hmm. uh, goes back in Middle Eastern culture, you know, right. way, way. This is 700 years or 600 years before uh, Muhammad arrives exactly. on the scene. Yeah. So the, the, the whole covering of the faces of the women is just good sense. Like, because <laughs> honestly, you know. Preach it to the choir, brother. Pre- preach it to the choir. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Kiki keeps buying smaller and smaller bathing suits uh, as she mm. keeps getting uh, strategically bigger and bigger in certain areas. And so I strategically I gotta, bigger. I got to pull her aside. It's, yes. Yes. It's only in it's certain, strategic. It's in certain yeah. areas, uh, puberty, yeah. but and I got to pull her aside. Yeah. I go, look, your dad has a weak heart already. Don't kill him off. Okay. I got to uh, say, she is a, she is a pretty girl. Kiki. She is, I don't know. Very much. I don't know uh, who her father is, but I want to congratulate never him. Met she him. is a, yes. Yeah. Yeah. She is a pretty girl and she has the, she just has dimples. To die for, and that sparkle in her eyes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's only a matter. She lights up a room. She She lights up a room when she comes in. It's only a matter of time before she switches to the dark side. But for right now, we are enjoying her company when she allows us to talk to her. It's not much. It's not. (laughs) Oh, right, right, right. Where were we? No, I really, really enjoyed spending time with Kiki. She's a, she, you know, she's a breath of fresh air. Having after having had to deal with you for nine years, she's. you know everything you're not. She's right. tall. She's pretty. Yeah. She's intelligent. She's yeah. erudite. She's funny. She's cool. I'll let you know um, when you're wrong. Uh, and yeah. if, if I may return the favor, I would like to thank Fox for the gift that he gave me. A little drawing of a devil because he is convinced I'm either a devil or the devil. I'm not sure which one, but I'm working on devil it. Ray. Devil, devil Ray. Ray. There we go. Yeah. There yeah, we go. Yeah. So uh, he no, he really did draw a little devil's head and give it to me. He goes, "Hey, here's a gift." I'm like, "I don't think you know how gifts work, kid." But that's fine. Don't, don't, that's fine. Uh, let's move uh, on. Let's move on. Anyway, when Tiridates and his entourage finally got to the marshland, which is now Venice, right? Obviously, there was nothing there until no, we mosquitoes. covered this in the Renaissance show. Right uh, until. Um, Fuck, who came down? Um, the Khan? No. Um, <laughs> who, who chased them all into Venice? Um, Fuck. Holy shit. Fuck. What's his name? Right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> We're semi-trained We're professionals. <laughs> we should be able to do this. 
it's a long time ago. It yeah, is. too it much, is. too much knowledge in our brains. It's, anyway, anyway, Venice wasn't a thing until I think it was like the the four hundreds when um, fuck, what's his name? All right, I've got to look this up now. This is bugging me. Yeah, yeah. Who established or? Well, he didn't yeah. establish Venice. He just chased yeah. all the Italians away, and they out of places like Rome, and they went to Venice. Gotcha. Um, do, 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 the Han invasions. Do, 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 do. Oh God! They go through the thing. The Huns. Attila. Uh, <laughs> it was Attila. Yeah, Attila. it was Attila the Hun. Was it Attila that the Hun? I, I thought it was later, I, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Uh, yeah, he wasn't playing. Oh, what, 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 what years was Attila? Attila was four. Yeah, the four hundreds. Yeah. Okay. So it was Attila, and I think, you know, his brothers and that sort of stuff, but um, you know, his, his father's, uncle's brothers, all the Huns, yeah, chased the Romans away and they went to... A uh, pack of Huns. They went to this marshy swamp land um, and said, fuck it, let's build, a, let's build a city here. No one will ever, no one will ever come here. Yes. Um, where uh, when they got to their uh, funny place, funny meeting place, to be honest, it's just nothing there. But <laughs> oh, I, did. I think I think there were like small settlements. But anyway, when they got there, they were met by Nero's imperial chariots, who took Tiridates and his inner circle to where he was waiting for them in Naples. Now right. there was a bit of a kerfuffle when they huh. g- got to Naples. Right. They you know Tiridates was going to be shown into Nero's presence. But sure. he was wearing his dagger, and yeah. he was asked to give it up. Yeah, well, you know, it's like in a Western saloon. You got to you got to take Check your guns your gun. off before exactly. you go in. Check your guns yeah. at the door. Yeah, he's like, you know, you can take king. this out of my cold dead hands. <laughs> this dagger. He said, Charlton Heston and me said, you take this out of my cold dead hands. Right. But it was his lucky dagger. He said, yeah. "This is my lucky yeah. dagger. I take yeah. this dagger with me." I kill everybody everywhere. with it. It's my lucky. Yeah, but the yeah. point is, Nero and the Senate just got finished whacking a bunch of people who were trying to kill him. So excuse Nero for being a tiny bit sensitive on the issue of someone jabby jabby me. I mean, you can't blame the <laughs> Romans on this one, dude. You cannot rock up with a knife on yeah. your person. No. Yeah. But he says no. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> But he's like, but I'm royalty, I'm here, I'm the guest, and you're telling me to take my knife off, which is the same thing as my penis? I don't think yeah. so. I shan't be yeah. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> Nero, Eventually, fuck you, Dates. Go ahead. They came to a compromise mm. where he could keep his dagger, but they would nail the scabbard shut in a way that the dagger couldn't be drawn. Oh, that's that's fair, right? That's a compromise. What's the point of wearing it if you can't draw it? That's but that's the compromise. If if it's a compromise that you and I don't like, it's probably a good compromise. You get to keep your dagger, but you can't take it out. Or it would take you ten minutes to take it out, and by then my men will kill you. This is not unlike when I promised to go to the last family reunion without my blue pills. I said, You're asking a lot of me, because I can normally tap a couple cousins. Uh, but if that's what it's going to take for, for har- family harmony, yeah. I'm your guy. I'm all about happiness. Happy penis. Go ahead. Go ahead. One of the books describes their meeting like this. And with that, he was taken into the imperial presence where, forgetting his dignity, he dropped on his knees, quite overcome, 
by the spectacle of the glittering group around the Emperor and by Nero himself, flaming-haired, muscular, and magnificently robed and bejeweled. And I was like, muscular? Does it really? Doesn't sound... Uh, Ah, yeah. That's like... Somebody describing us as muscular. Right. I'd be like, look, thank you. Uh, appreciate that. Check your eyes because yeah. they're not working. Maybe he was in charge. <clears throat> Nero was standing in one of the front of one of those cardboard cutouts you see at the circus where it's a strong <laughs> man and you just see his face with <laughs> the hole. He's like, but it's a guy doing this. Yeah. And yeah. and no one no one would say anything because, no, you, you know, stupid, you didn't want exactly. to get executed. That was treason. Right. Um, That's messed up. Now, if you look at coins, as I mentioned at the end of the last episode, if you look at coins from his reign, by 62, he's already looking fairly corpulent. By 66, he looks like Jabba the Hutt. Um, (laughs) A small Donald Trump. Now, the thing that uh, strikes me about this is, is, remember back in Augustus's day, on his coins, he always looked 28. Yes. And virile. And we used to talk about the fact that it was it was the mythology of the young emperor. Even though he lived to be in his 70s and right. he was never a well guy, you don't really see him aging on his Ooh. coins. There's this beautiful young, probably you know, age roughly 30, whenever. Yeah. Um, when did he get? I don't know. I can't remember how old he was when he got rid of Mark Antony and. Uh, but I think it was it was about thirty. Uh, the somewhere around Actium, yes. Battle of Actium was about thirty thirty three uh, BCE. I think he was born in sixty. I think BCE. So somewhere around his thirty. When was he was born? When Nero? Uh, sorry, he was born when Cicero was consul. So oh. sixty or sixty four BCE, something like that. Sounds right. Anyway, he was yeah. roughly about thirty, so he looked beautiful, but. Uh, when you look at Nero's coins, he does get fatter as his reign progresses. Right. And and, and this is interesting. Now, this is a real thing here. Mm-hmm. By Nero's time, you know, Nero was an artist. And he was like, well, listen, uh, I, I want you to portray me as I really am. You know, you're... You, now, this is... I think we can deduce a lot. Now, we we don't know, according to some other books that I read about, to what degree the emperor was involved in figuring out what the depictions of him were going to be on the coins. And obviously, coins were printed all over the empire, and they weren't all in Rome. And so you had different artists in different places making different coins. Mm -hmm. But you would have to think that if you're the guy designing the coins and you're designing the emperor's head right, for the coin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're not going to do anything that could get you executed here. Generally, uh, or, no. Or, no, no, or, or to or even just to to attract the displeasure of the emperor. You're you're going to be sticking to yeah. what is understood to be acceptable to put on a coin of the emperor, which. You know, uh, it's interesting because so if, uh, if you look at the Augustus era, mm-hmm. and I think this was also true mostly with the guys that followed him, the the, the coins were used not um, only as, as as legal tender in the realm, but also as myth- uh, propaganda, right? Absolutely. Yes. This was the main depiction of the emperor 
And what the emperor cared about, like I talked about the closing of the gates of Janus appearing on Nero's coins, uh, throughout the empire, the coinage is, uh, you know, they, they, it was a, they didn't have posters. Yeah. They didn't have busts everywhere or statues right. everywhere. Um, the main depiction mm-hmm. of the emperor that the people in the empire would see is the depiction on the coins. Yeah. And, and so it was a form of propaganda for m- most of the uh, imperial period uh, until you get to Nero and then Nero's like, Listen, you know yeah. what? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care about that shit. No, I'm an artist. I'm re- I'm reading between the lines here, but yeah, <laughs> I, I don't I don't care about having to look young and virile. I mean, I yeah. am young. Right. I could fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Depict me as I am. Now that says uh, or suggests anyway uh, to me a lot about his character. He yes. Now you could read it different ways though. He's either. Um, very relaxed about how he's depicted. He's yeah, like, ah, don't I, worry about it. Just do it as it is. I yeah. love me. I, I, love I got a big chin. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm fat. Yeah. I live the good life. That's I'm the right. emperor. Fuck yeah. it. You know, depicted as it is. People can just deal with it or get fucked. Or I don't fuck care. Fuck off. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or <laughs> it's, you could, you could translate that as a sign of arrogance. No, you know, right. uh, I, show me as I am. Because I am yeah. Nero and everyone can get fucked. Now, mind you, of course, when you build the big golden statue of Nero. Oh. Uh, oh. Where the Colosseum now stands. Slightly different. That uh, was, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. depicted as uh, Polo. Or, but, you know. Saving yeah. material. You can't, the more the no bigger one, the statue. Yeah, and no one wants a big statue of some big fat cut, really. I mean. You know, Unless it's the, raining and I want to stand under his belly. But other than that, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> He drew the line at that. <laughs> um, anyway, this author who said that he uh, was muscular, right. Arthur Weigal, 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 mm-hmm. interesting guy. I, I, I read up on him. I'm going to mm-hmm. read bits from his Wikipedia profile. Okay. Arthur Edward Pierce Brome Weigal, nice 1880 to 1934, was an English Egyptologist, sure. stage designer, journalist, and author whose work spanned the whole range from histories of ancient Egypt through historical biographies, guidebooks, popular novels, screenplays, and lyrics. Wow. He's Nero. He's the modern-day Nero. Fuck me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he wasn't an emperor, but... Besides... um, Grew up in um, England. Mm -hmm. Uh, His family were very prominent in Victorian society as artists, married into the aristocracy... One of his cousins was the governor of South Australia from 1920 to 1922. A couple of famous cricketers were in the family, etc., etc. Anyway, um, he was an apprentice clerk in the city of London as a young man, fascinated with genealogy. Right. For some reason, that takes him to ancient Egypt, and uh, he studies Egyptology. He actually wanted to go to Oxford to study Egyptology, but you couldn't study it. In uh, the whatever the yeah. eighteen late eighteen hundreds in Oxford, it wasn't a topic. Yeah. So he went to Leipzig, um, hoping that he could uh, study it in Germany. That mm-hmm. didn't happen. So he went back to England and found work with the famous Egyptologist Flinders Petrie, right. uh, first at the University College London and then at Abydos in Egypt. 
um, worked with a bunch of Egyptologists, including Howard Carter, mm-hmm. guy who famously uh, found Tutankhamun's tomb oh, and wow. then w- got possessed by the spirit of uh, Tutankhamun and went on a, a rampage, destroyed half of the world before he was shut down by... Abraham Lincoln, I, uh, vampire hunter, I, who I turned saw into... I saw it yeah. coming, is all I'm saying. I saw yeah. it coming. Yeah. Um, uh, no, but in all seriousness, uh, when Howard Carter was forced to resign his post as chief inspector of antiquities right. for uh, Upper Egypt, Arthur Weigel uh, got the job, uh, age 25. He's at Luxor, <laughs> responsible for protecting and managing the antiquities of a region. And look, we know one thing. Right. Yes. Uh, for certain, it's there's no better person to put in charge of ancient antiquities in a foreign country than the British, <laughs> because they got lots of experience. Oh, you know, <laughs> the British love themselves. Only second uh, to the Nazis in stealing stuff yeah, from and, other countries. And uh, Napoleon did and a Napo- pretty good job yes. too. <laughs> you do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah, you do what you got to do. Look, uh, and their justification was all the same. Yeah. We'll take better care of it than you will. So right. trust me, it's in good hands. Yeah. Do you yeah. know? That's, that's what I you yeah. know, that's what I always say to men when I fancy their wives. Is right. like, trust me. Trust me. I'll I'm going right. to take better. I'll do, I'll right. do yeah. better care of it than yeah. you will. Just or hand her over. You hand me a 20, I'll do a really bad job and make you look good, but I still get what I want. Win-win. Did you know that everywhere I've ever traveled... In this entire planet, every time I go into a place, I steal something. <laughs> I think I'm part British. I don't know. I could be. I'd have to do the background check again because uh, it said I was, it wasn't black enough. But the point is, point is, I think I'm, I'm British deep down. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that because when you were in Vegas, you stole my anal virginity. So, um. <laughs> well, you should have <clears> left <throat> it lying around. So I took it. <laughs> So this is back to Arthur Weigel. Yes, so he's at yes. Luxor, um, apparently did a good job there uh, until 1911. Then he goes back to England during World War One. becomes a stage designer, mm-hmm. uh, set wow. designer for the London Review. Then he starts working in movies, yeah. uh, does set design in movies. Like how you go from being an Egyptologist managing antiquities to a stage designer, set designer, who the fuck knows. Then he became a journalist. Then he goes back to Egypt and he covered the opening of the tomb of Tutankhamun. Wow. Um, And uh, it says that at the tomb of Tutankhamun, he saw Lord Carnarvon joke as he prepared to enter the tomb and is reported as saying, if he goes down in that spirit, I give him six weeks to live. And, um, of course, uh, you know, he did die. Yeah. By the way, Lord Carnarvon's uh, house, uh, Highclere Castle, his Mm. country house, was the uh, house in Downton Abbey. Oh, wow. Do you want to know the name Mm. of my house? It's Lowbrow Shack. Oh, Uh, right. Haven't put it up on the... uh, we're still working on the signage. You know, what kind of sign sends the right message? But anyway, I, I, I digress. Mm, I'll let you know. Mm, 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 yeah. mm. Uh, so anyway, uh, he wrote a lot of books, this Arthur Weigel. Uh, books right. on ancient Egypt, Cleopatra, uh, Akhenaten, uh, Tutankhamun, on uh, Alexander the Great. Uh, he wrote a book called Laura Was My Camel. 
Uh, then my uh, mother. And a book on Nero, right. uh, which is the one where he said he was muscular uh, in the year 66, which makes me go, eh, yeah. really, so, really? Let me ask you, Nero's got two options right before Tiridate shows up. Nero can either go, I want the biggest, meanest looking motherfuckers up here around me. I want to scare the shit out of them so there will never be a war between our two countries again. But of course, that's going to make Nero look even smaller by comparison. Or maybe he said, get me 13 anorexic. You know what? Make them anorexic motherfuckers up here. Put any, barely anything on them. I want their clothes to actually be falling off as Tiradates walks up. And if he did that, then yeah, he's going to look slightly more muscular. I don't know how you flame hair, um, but that's how you go as far as trying to look big by having a bunch of scrawny people around you. That's all, that's, yeah. that's all I've got. That's all on my advice. I need a stable of young men to come behind me. Come, come. I need a stable of young men to come behind me. Come, come, come. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to finish off this episode by reading from another book. Yeah. Uh, a really good book, actually, f- from the early 70s by a guy called Michael Grant, talking about the coins. Right. Oh, unless you have something you want to add about the coinage, too, which you can do at the end. But um, Well, let me just do this real quick so you have the last word. And this is more general. This is more to go along with what you're about to read. So I, I found out, and you probably either knew this or assumed this. I think most of the listeners will assume this. As far as the minting of the coins over the years, it, there was a three-man board, the uh, Tresviri... Monetales. I'm sure I butchered that, but the point is they're, they're, they were the ones who were good at minting. They were the ones who, who had access to um, high-quality artists for the graving. But the point is, between Nero and his mom before she was killed or died or whatever, they were actually able to bring in coins throughout the reign without disturbing very much the economy. There was no massive inflation. There was no... You were talking earlier about um, by the time Tiradates leaves, Rome is massively in debt. What Biden would have done is just had a whole shit ton, ton of coins printed out and put out. But, of course, that would ruin the economy. So at no point does Nero do anything extreme. At no point is there anything too stupid. They do, again, a very good job who's ever advising this this three-man board. As far as Nero, at the most, he could probably say... Make me look pretty. I don't know. He's not involved. But the point is, whoever does this does a good enough job where they do not disturb the economy of Rome. And again, this is just another example of of Nero not being this extremist, radical person who probably wouldn't have cared and just said, make so much money I can pay off all my bills. He doesn't do that because he gets the concept of the economy. And they're actually able to be very delicate and do a good job with the economy during his reign. So again, he should get he and his mother and others should get credit for that. Hmm. Probably uh, Seneca too. It, at I first, imagine. it was Seneca, but but they didn't print out. They didn't print mint any coins in sixty two and sixty three because they were probably taking so long to do research. Because as you're about to describe, they wanted to change it up. They wanted to make it a little fresh, and so I think they actually went a couple of years of studying and trying to do something different. But the point is, they didn't fuck up the economy, and they should get credit for that. Hmm. So here we go, Nero, uh, peace and uh, good management of the economy, at least in terms of avoiding things like inflation. 
Right. I mean, the Roman economy always was fucked in, in good years and bad years, famines, and they, they didn't know yes. what to do. They couldn't do anything about famines, right? You could yeah. try and supply. Uh, so you could try and store grain, but that's hard yes. to do in the best of times for everybody. Yes. Uh, okay, so here's what Michael Grant has to say about the coinage during the later part of Nero's reign. Mm-hmm. The beauty of these brass and copper pieces and the messages and designs stamped on their surfaces played a major part in Nero's publicity. They were artistically the finest coins ever produced by Rome and among the finest the world has ever seen. Mm. The large brass sesterces in particular, which aroused immense admiration in the Renaissance, represent... (coughs) (coughs) Sorry represent an enormous improvement on the coins of Claudius. Although, for century after century, the designs and slogans on many a Roman coin reflected in their own traditional way the successive nuances of official policy, Mm. it can never be determined for certain whether or when an emperor intervened personally to decide what they should be at any given moment. But it surely cannot be fortuitous that this sudden improvement coincided with an emperor who was, above all else, artistic. Right. The remarkable appearance of Nero's coinage surely owed much to Nero himself. In the first place, the new coin portraits are superb. Hitherto, coin engravers, like sculptors, had varied between two main conceptions of how emperors ought to be shown. One of these theories favoured a more or less realistic depiction on the principle that the tens of thousands of communities among which these coins circulated should be shown what the emperor looked like so as to obtain some idea of his personality. Mm. The alternative theory was that he ought to be depicted in the traditional grandiose style, some ideal godlike Hellenistic monarch. Nero's early portraits on his first gold and silver coins attended to be the former conception and give not too bad an idea of his appearance as young man. But now, from about 64 onwards, artists of an altogether different and superior calibre were employed. They decided that the thing to do was to make the emperor's portraits both realistic and idealistic at the same time, to aim at the exuberant splendour of a mighty Greek monarch, but to endow this magnificent ruler mm. with the heavy, not to say bloated, features <laughs> that the 27-year-old Nero actually possessed, thus producing a masterpiece of grand individuality. Wow. His hairstyle on certain coins looks peculiar. The forehead seems to display a series of parallel uniform curls. Their points lie flat on the brow while the curls above are waved or crimped and stand up stiffly in a sort of cliff above the face, reflecting Suetonius' assertion that his hair was arranged in steps. Beautiful long hair on a young male was much appreciated in Neronian Rome, especially for handsome slaves. Freeborn boys, on the other hand, normally removed their long curls when they assumed the toga of manhood, and from that time onwards, their hair was kept relatively short. Yeah. But it had been part of the traditional get-up of the great Greek monarch to dispense with this austerity and display the waving leonine locks, oh, yeah. which had become fashionable with Alexander the Great. Mm-hmm. 
However, that is not quite what Nero now did. Although his portraitists were influenced by Lysippus's head of Alexander, which was among the sculptures he had brought to Rome, his own new hairstyle was by no means exactly in the Leonine tradition of Alexander. Instead, it was based on a current, low-class Roman fashion. On the way in which charioteers and actors set and dress their hair before appearing in the circus and on the stage. Wow. A bust of a charioteer, which is now in the National Museum at Rome, shows a very similar arrangement. Just occasionally, the strong personal tastes of a ruler peeps through the conservative conventions that usually governed Roman coin designs, and so it has here. Nero's coiffure, though later affected by respectable professional men, was essentially the style of beat or offbeat, deliberately anti-conventional youths. He's basically, you know, he's got the hairdo of the Beatles in the 60s. He's like if emo. he was... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would be like... Uh, it would be like uh, your president in the, the, the late 60s, let's say LBJ. Sure. LBJ growing his hair long, uh, looking like the Beatles uh, or, mm-hmm. or in the late 60s or, you know, uh, Mick Jagger. He's adopting a rock and roll hairdo. Everyone's short back and sides. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's like, no, fuck it. I'm going to grow my hair long. I'm going to grow a big, long beard. Yeah. Going to smoke a blunt. I mean. It's going to be great. To to help us understand why the elite may have not liked Nero, wanted to see the end of Nero, apart from the the, the usual uh, consternation about all the power being in the hands of one the wrong uh, person, one member of the Julio Claudian family. Yeah, um, we've we've got the fact that he's an artist that they hate. He's uh, he's uh, he's all about peace. Yeah, which they hate. Yes, and uh, he looks like a fucking hippie, which yes. they hate. Who, who can't you know? stop singing for the love of God? Quit singing, and he's always singing, and he's always doing the chariot races. A leader does not do that, and a real yeah. man doesn't do that. So there's a lot of reasons why the elite hated him, Robin and beyond yeah. the traditional things of uh, he set the great fire or he uh, 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 was executing people for treason, etc., etc., etc. Right. There were there were there were very personal things about Nero that apparently would have been extremely offensive yes. to the the elite at the time. And we keep reading from this book. Yeah. Although his gen- well, he makes uh, he makes a similar uh, uh, fucking allusion here. Although his general appearance is rendered with noble splendor, mm-hmm. his hairstyle created the sort of impression that would be produced if a monarch of 1971, when this book was written, mm-hmm. appeared on a coin with shoulder-length hair. Ooh. Indeed, Nero himself, two years later, opted for precisely that style himself. His barber, Thalamus enjoyed a reputation which was still spoken of a generation later. The efforts of Thalamus can also be seen on some fine marble heads of Nero, but very few of those that survive date back to his lifetime. Mm -hmm. Among them is a portrait in the Palatine Museum in Rome, and there is another contemporary bust in the Art Museum at Worcester, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. 
On the latter, the deep-set eyes look slightly upwards, a spiritual heaven-gazing convention which came into vogue again one and a half centuries later. But some of the coin designers are not afraid on occasion of giving Nero much grosser appearance, almost justifying Strindberg's comment that in the end he looked like the landlady of a Melbourne gambling house. (laughs) What? And... And Michael Grant, in his book, says, why Melbourne, in parentheses, afterwards? (laughs) And I'm asking the same question. Now, I think Strindberg is referring to as Arthur, uh, sorry, August uh, Strindberg, the the playwright. Why he was having a crack at a Melbourne gambling house, I don't know. Having been in many fine Melbourne gambling establishments in my time. Yeah, you're happy. uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what he's referring to. Right. While it was the function of the obverses of the coins to project an image of the emperor, great use was made of their reverse designs and inscriptions to put across messages, which were in the interests of the imperial regime and those members of it who directed publicity, men who surely included some of the topmost officials and who sometimes, as has been suggested, consulted the emperor himself, mm. which is the, uh, the the closing of the gates of Janus, as I said before, right. which appeared twice mm. on the back. And there's also the usual things of, I don't know, v- v- Victoria and a shield and right. a thing and, you know, that kind of stuff. But so that's uh, that's Michael Grant's view on on the change of the coinage, and and I really think that there's a lot to be taken from right. that about Nero, his personality, his character, what he cared about, and why uh, he may have not been that popular with the conservative aristocracy uh, of Rome at the time. Yeah. And I liked what you said earlier about, so if, so if Nero's acting like an artist and not a leader and you're an elite, that's, that's embarrassing enough. But suddenly if you go into your pocket or your purse or whatever and you have coins and it shows Nero something other than him looking perfect like the Augustus statue that we saw in Vegas, that's just another thing for you to go, oh my God, will someone get rid of this guy for me? And it might sound like little things, but he is literally rubbing them the wrong way. And if you're an elite, you take everything seriously because you don't want any changes. You don't want the culture to change. You don't want what your leader does to change. And so for them, it would be a bigger deal than it is to us. Mm. All right, that's the show for this week. Yeah, uh, we'll be back. We haven't killed him off yet. No, um, we will. We'll be back. We'll be back. See if we can kill him off next time. Yes.